This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. North Korea's parking scandal. A Beatles cartoon anniversary. Duck size, if you know what I mean. The Homer in the Gloman. And Rick's brush with Joe Walsh. All that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. <laughs> that is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Welcome to another Minutia Man episode with your good pals, Rick and Dave. And, you know, I feel like, Dave, I feel like this is our second show of the week. Well, why is that? Because we talk on the phone all the time? Or why do you no, feel... No, because uh, we brought the Rick and Dave show on the road to the uh, memorial service in Indiana <laughs> over the weekend. We, yeah, yeah, we killed. Yeah. We really did kill at the memorial service, didn't we? I mean, uh, I think this is like an unappreciated thing that uh, people don't know that we uh, provide this service. But but we will we'll go to any wake or funeral and really liven up the crowd. We'll liven it up, right. And it's what's really good is if we don't know the person who died because then we're not down we're still up right <laughs> but in this case we did know the we knew person, we did yeah. we did know right and we still killed but even better yeah we don't need we don't yeah we don't want the emotional tie of knowing the person who died we'll just come and do shtick at your table we we, ha- uh, we have been known uh you know and this is yeah i don't want to pat myself on the back or pat you on the back especially not pat you on the back but mm-hmm. um we have been known to you know bring it uh, for some for memorial services and wakes and funerals, and we've done it many many times. Um, and this last one, well, um, many people don't know also that not only will we provide um, effervescent guests for your memorial service, Rick can write the eulogy, and he could even <laughs> deliver the eulogy. Because you've done what let's nine? Not, let's ten? not promise that. <laughs> no, this is a whole little cottage industry. Seriously. <laughs> You'll be the eulogy guy, uh, you know, because uh, there's a lot of families that aren't comfortable talking up, you know, in front. You just do it, man. You just bring it. And 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 we talked about this actually on the way back from the memorial service. Yeah. What about the idea of creating an app, a eulogy app, <laughs> where you just plug in, you know, guy's name, was he a military service, you know, you know, answer A with B, whatever, and then it'll generate a eulogy for you spouse's name here <laughs> right yeah. second spouse's second <laughs> wife here third wife here actually i yeah. talked to uh, bridget about it when we got home and uh we counted up the number of eulogies i've done i've done 14 14 <laughs> eulogies how many albums did the beatles have <laughs> they, i think they had eight Okay, you, you're twi- you, you had twice as good a career as the Beatles when it comes to eulogy. Uh, I do also have to no, say the Beatles, some- Beatles had a lot more than eight. They were together eight years. Sorry. Well, how many years have you been doing eulogies? Oh, I did my first one in 89. How have you evolved from the eulogy of 89 to the most recent one? I mean, are you... I mean, you had to have gotten better, right? You find tricks of the trade. What are what are the? What I, I are the don't want to say that I'm a done. eulogy machine now, but uh, I, I I'm pretty good at them. I'm pretty good at them. <laughs> I, I'm envisioning like an old 1950s press room. Kemper, we got a eulogy. <laughs> we got a dead. We got a deadline on this eulogy. Ooh, but I'm, I did my I did my first one was my father. Okay, and, that's got to be and, a tough one. It was it was by far the hardest one, and I didn't I didn't even want to do it. In fact, I didn't do it. I wrote uh, I wrote something just to myself 
just to kind of get it out. This is uh, mm-hmm. as a writer. This is how I live. I if, I if it's in my brain, I can't sleep, so I just write it and get it out of my system, and then I can sleep. Well, the day that my dad died, I did that uh, about my dad, and then mm-hmm. in the morning, I woke up and my you know I stayed over at my mom's because you know right of course yeah. And uh, she found it uh, when she she sent me to the Continental Bakery in Mount Prospect to get some coffee cake. <laughs> We're gonna have company. We need to we need to have baked goods, right? Sure. And by the way, the uh, the Central uh, Continental Bakery on Central and Mount Prospect, unbelievably great uh, coffee cake. Get the uh, chocolate chip coffee get cake. the get the bereavement bagels they oh, are wonderful fantastic but anyway while i was gone um getting the coffee cake she found my notebook that i wrote this in and insisted that i say it at the at the funeral mm-hmm. so that was my first one and then people liked it and then when people started Word of dying, mouth yeah <laughs> I, I swear that's that's what happened <laughs> and then I'd get calls, you know, hey, your uncle died. You, what do you think? Right. Like, okay. Right. Uh, whatever. Hold on. Yeah. Well, uh, you're going to have to move that to Thursday because I got the Rabinowitzes <laughs> on Tuesday. Uh, I love, well, let me see which ones I've seen you do. Uh, your father in law. I thought that was a good one. Thank you. Uh, that was the, your father in law's service, was when the priest talked about pink floyd wasn't yes, it wasn't that what right. that's right very odd uh-huh. uh um let me see. i think um that may have been oh and i saw your mother-in-law too oh, your yes. mother-in-law's one oh. um what is interesting with when you go to a memorial service with a rick kempfer now uh-huh. rick rick tends to critique eulogies yeah now. <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's true right and uh it's a little it's you know it, he's he's getting a little village voicey yeah you know, he's getting a little gene shality when it comes to eulogies you know uh, so you're uh, a snake you're a eulogy completely stop. ignored story arc right, exactly he completely ignored it yeah exactly <laughs> right exactly oh my god he mumbled you know what if you're gonna do tears you do tears at act one and act three <laughs> you don't bring the tears in the beginning you build it up all right uh, so uh, i'm sorry yeah. but it was a very good eulogy or, or it was a very good memorial service and we would like to extend our uh condolences and our good vibes to one of our author lee kingsville yes. um um and, and it, it does the- sound completely insincere now after this discussion <laughs> yeah, but but it really but it really is it you know <laughs> no but uh, we really mean it and um but yeah, good vibes and anybody who may be listening right now that have similar going through similar things, good vibes to everybody in, to the entire. And Dave yeah. is not serious about me doing everybody's eulogies for you. So that was a joke. See, I don't know. You can get like, I don't know, a buck and a half per mile mm-hmm. for expenses going mm-hmm. you know, back and forth. Mm-hmm. You have a you have a consultation. You charge 200 bucks for the initial consultation. <laughs> How about some minutiae for the ladies and gentlemen? All right. Uh, you got a roll to roll jingle oh, or roll yep, uh, sure. audio? Here it goes. Give them 22 minutes and they'll give you absolutely nothing of value. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. What do you got, Dave? As you know, Rick, um, our great nation, the United States of America and North Korea, we we haven't been getting along too good for like the last, what, 70 years yeah, or so? Yeah. Give or okay. take. Uh, 
Um, and you're probably aware that Kim Jong-un is a huge fan of Minutia Men. You know oh, that, no, right? I did, no, I did not know right. that. Um, and in fact, he entered our retweet contest 11 times. He did not win. Uh, we will be announcing the winner of our retweet contest uh, later on in the show. Um, so because of his support and because he's been such a huge fan, we have we have overlooked some of his past indiscretions, right? You know, we, yes. we have, you know, like, like you know, imprisoning and killing political opponents. You Including know, his own brother. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Starving his people so he could develop nuclear weapons of mass destruction, you know, calling our president bad names. I mean, we've overlooked all that. But however... I can no, I cannot in good conscience overlook what has happened over the weekend. Did you see this? Um, it appears that North Korea owes New York City $156,000 in unpaid parking tickets. Now they've okay. gone over the line. <laughs> yes, exactly. Now it's getting real. You know what I'm saying? Uh, New York Channel 4, the I-Team. Uh, actually, evidently, there is an I in team. Because this is the New York's <laughs> channel, ITEAM, uh, found that North Korea's diplomatic mission to the United States has racked up more than 1,300 unpaid parking tickets going back to the 1900s. Um, the ITEAM was able to track down a North Korean diplomat. Um, he identified himself as IPOC, no pay. Okay, that's not his name. IPOC, no pay is not his name. I knew that. <laughs> Uh, did you see? Did you notice the pause for the I, laugh? I did. <laughs> okay, I did. Uh, I uh, think all the listeners appreciate the uh, <laughs> not having to uh, rewind the podcast. Uh, actually, his real name was Zhang Zhou, uh, and he's basically denying it. He's saying that's just you know, like these people are want to do. They're just you know, propaganda. Yeah. Uh, and again, I we don't you know, uh, Kim Jong is a huge fan, and we don't like stereotyping people. But you on know, this show, this could be this could be a a chance for uh, negotiations, though. Could be. I mean, we've could. tried everything else, but have we ever gone into him and said, "You know what? I know a guy in New York." <laughs> could. We, Say we the wipe word, out, and, yeah, and we those wipe parking out this tickets, 156. Right. They, might, <laughs> they, might, they go away. <laughs> yeah. Right. You right. you agree not to bomb Guam, and those parking yeah. tickets are history. Right, exactly. Uh, you know they um, they've got some balls, don't they? They do. You know, and and you don't want to mess with New York. I mean, they got Giuliani still there, isn't he? Is In he? Some, well, I don't. He lives yeah. there, I think. Okay. Uh, so I don't know. So we don't like judging, and I like judging. I'm sure there's a good, reasonable explanation. I'm not going to even mention anything about Asian drivers oh. and their parking ability. Oh boy. <laughs> But uh, can we move uh, on to the next? Okay, next one. Go go for it. Go for it. Before you tuck yourself into a hole. um, This week was speaking of eulogies. Yes, someone tucks yourself into a hole. Call Rick. Uh, This week is a uh, uh, anniversary of um, the Beatles cartoon. We mentioned the Beatles a little earlier. Um, Did you Did you ever see the Beatles cartoon? I think I did. It was on like on Saturday mornings, it right? On, it, it was, was a Saturday morning cartoon. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I went back for the anniversary and looked at a bunch of uh, episodes. And, you know, the the writing is terrible. It's, you know, it was a Saturday morning cartoon. Um, but the thing that really bugged me, and this really bugged me, is there were only uh, 
there there are two voice actors who did all the voices, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. of the four Beatles. <laughs> One guy, Paul Fries, uh, did the voices of John and George, and Lance Percival, um, who was a uh, a British guy, he did the voices of Paul and Ringo. Now. First of all, it shows you that George and Ringo were kind of like afterthoughts, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, yeah, I'll do, I'll do Paul, but uh, you know, I'll also do Ringo. What the heck? You know, what's what's he in? Like every other episode, right? Exactly, right. But the thing that bugged me about Paul Freeze, who who did the voices of John and George, is first of all, he was an American, and his <laughs> British accent was terrible. I mean, terrible. Um, but the other thing is, his voice is really familiar. And so I went and looked him up to find out why his voice is really familiar. And it's because he was also the voice of Boris Badenov. For the underdog? No, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, yeah. Um, are, are, are Rocky and Bullwinkle? Oh, that's ridiculous. Yes. And, and John up. Lennon. Come on. Uh, he well, you also talk- did Inspector Fenwick from Dudley Do-Right. Okay, I'm he he was uh, ape and the district commissioner Alistair uh, in George of the Jungle, and and here's my favorite one. All right, his all time greatest role, as far as I'm concerned, he was the Burger Meister Meister Burger. <laughs> and Weird. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> oh, oh, now that yeah, that is yeah, that's his uh, that is his. Um, uh, his his Sir Lawrence Olivier moment right there. <laughs> it was, uh, it was. Well, well, the listeners don't know this, but you can do a Paul McCartney that's pretty good. You want to go ahead? Paul, no, I can't. Paul, I cannot do a Paul McCartney. Uh, uh, I I certainly could not. But uh, the, the other guy was actually Paul. a British guy, <laughs> and um, he. I looked him up too, and he is not nearly as famous as as our Burgermeister Meisterburger, but he did star in a musical with Julie Andrews and Rock Hudson. Uh, the the uh, musical is called Darling Lil. If you'd like to see, uh, what's his name again? Percival. His last Percival. name is Percival. So there um, you go. I'm surprised you didn't bring up the George Harrison impersonation while we were at Second City. Well, now that is your impersonation. (laughs) When we were at Second City, one time we had to do a Beatles bit, and Dave got up on stage and could not do a British accent, and his George Harrison ended up sounding more like George Jones, the the country music star. And I, I still don't understand exactly why that was, but he had like a mental... You know, <laughs> it was a tick. Yeah. It was just like I didn't yeah, mean right. to say we're more popular than Jesus. It's a super <laughs> right. easy accent. <laughs> right. See, you just did it. You that just was did John. It. That was John. Right. I can't oh, do Paul. Oh, you can't do Paul. You could do John. Right. My George Harrison is like, what you going to do today, John? You <laughs> was the worst album? impersonation right. ever. <laughs> the water album. I like that. Hey, Jude. You know, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just a tick. Okay. It just uh, whatever. Um so do we have uh, a, do we have a winner from the uh, the giveaway that we did last week? We do, and let me kind of uh, or let me tell you how you can win this prize package up worth up to twenty five dollars, Rick. Okay. A prize pack. All you have to do is go on Twitter, become one of our followers. Uh, actually, I don't think you even need to be a follower, but please be a follower, and you retweet whenever we whenever I post something that says retweet this 
for your chance to win a prize pack worth of $25, well, just retweet it. And a uh, very wonderful guy, um, David Beck from Republic, Missouri, is our retweet winner. Congratulations. Uh, he is going to win a Amish Chicago coffee mug, which I'll have to get from you. Uh, he's got Father Knows Nothing, your book. Uh, as you know, we've got lots of your books, so we're going to be winning. There's going to be quite a few of those. Uh, he's going to get a, and I, um, I'm not, I don't know who David Beck is, so I'm not sure if he's a Cardinal fan, but it's very possible being in Republic, Missouri. He's a um, Cardinal fan, so he's going to love this crying cub T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Think. Yeah. It's funny, Although, when we started Just One Bad Century, though, we thought those shirts would be bought by Cubs fans yeah, as they, kind of like a solidarity among Cub fans. And it turns out that it was mostly White Sox fans and Cardinals fans yeah, that right. bought our material. But, you know, hey, I'm, we're not going to judge. Yeah, Their credit cards work. Yeah. So congratulations goes out to David Beck from Republic, Missouri. And again, we will have another winner next week on Minutia Men, $25 prize back, um, worth up to $25. Uh, so it could be less and uh, just retweet and we will um, we'll have another winner out next week okay uh, any more minutia uh, I do uh, Rick uh, this caught my eye this is from our health desk or actually it should be from our environmental desk what All do you right. call uh, what do you call it when you're doing a story about animals nature, uh, or nature desk mutual of Omaha desk okay well you also do a um, who's the guy who did mutual of Omaha uh uh, you know. Merle Perkins, Merle Marlon Perkins. Perkins, yes. Yeah. You could do that impersonation too, can't you? I don't think so, no. Uh, sexual competition among ducks wreaks havoc on penis size, Rick. You uh, know, I would have been disappointed if there was a week that you didn't do some sort of a penis story. <laughs> um, yeah, that is there. That definitely is a common mm-hmm. denominator there. It I'll is, have to check yeah. that out. Um, when forced to compete for mates... Some birds develop longer penises and others almost nothing at all. Male ducks respond to sexual competition by growing either an extra long penis or a nub of flesh. Nub of flesh. That was your seventh album, wasn't it? Uh, A new study finds the unusual phenomena occurs in two species. The lesser scalp, also known as the Aretha affinis. Mm-hmm. And the ruddy duck, which is also known as the Oxyura gemasinensis, of course, uh, it's it suggests that penis size, in line with many traits and behaviors meant to impress or allow impregnation of the opposite sex, involves a trade-off between the potential to reproduce and to survive, which is kind of like humans do. Um, if a duck is alone with a female, the males just grew a normal-sized penis. Okay, but if there wait, was wait, another... like a like a monogamous, uh, like a monogamous duck, right? Okay. Um, well, no, yeah, but if there were other males around for competition, they had the ability to change their penis size and elongate their own penis. So I think that's hilarious. That so basically the ducks just grow penis, the grow big schwanzes to impress the other male ducks, <laughs> and they really don't care to impress their wives. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, right. So the duck is like, eh, it's good enough for her. Oh, here comes here comes Donald over here. Yeah. Look at this, baby. Uh, you chose uh, the name Donald on purpose, didn't you? Sure. With the uh, small one. Uh, 
So, and, but also, and here's another interesting tidbit, because evolutionary success relies on reproduction, as you know, genitals are adapted to meet the varied circumstances that an- every animal faces. Some, for example, some male ducks have penises in the shape of corkscrews, okay, to navigate the labyrinth-like vaginas okay. of their female counterparts. So, uh, so evidently, even ducks have to jump through a bunch of hoops. Right. Um, so no, but 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 what the what the female duck and I don't remember it was one of these two species. I don't know if it was the ruddy duck or whatever. Evidently, they're very um, particular about their mates. So over time, they've developed a you know a genitalia. It's not like a one size fits all sort of thing. No, it's like it's like yeah. a Rubik's cube huh. for the for <laughs> so so there you go. Um, there's also some birds I didn't mention that have they have penises that are larger than their bodies, which can't be good for flying, right? I don't know. Wait a minute, what? It says here clues may lie in the drama of the ruddy duck. Some birds, uh, some of some ruddy ducks have the, they have the largest penis to body ratio found in nature, with penises sometimes longer than their entire bodies. Wow, hey, I got yeah. you know see him over at the pond, you know. Uh, a ruddy duck, if you know what I mean. Um, uh, the bur- okay. Now here's another thing with, and this is this explains my particular natural selection is that birds have have been known to fight to the death. I mean, that's have you ever seen two birds fight? They fight to the death. Okay. But this, but but bullying. The in this this researcher says that bullying increases the stress hormones, and those could counteract with effects of androgen hormones that control penis growth. You know, I was bullied when I was a kid, you know, so those, those stress hormones a, may... Yeah, but how does it affect it? Negatively or positively? Negatively. Oh, Negatively. okay, yeah, that does explain a lot. <laughs> right, exactly. All, all of our years in lockers, you know. <laughs> exactly. Please let us out. <laughs> right, it's not It's not my fault, it's my adjured... It's, you know, Keith Mockenhaupt. Yeah, okay. Who, uh, or uh, who was the guy who beat on you? What was his name? Oh, uh, Harold Grutzmacher. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I bet Keith Mockenhoff could definitely kick Herbert Grutzpopper's Harold butt. Grutzmacher? I think actually that is true because I was the only one that Harold Grutzmacher could take down, and that's why he went after me. All the time, yeah. probably. Yeah. Right. He was, you know, his career record wasn't bad, 37 and 4. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay well hey listen it's uh it's time for uh our cubs feature time now for a collection of cub geekness this is just one bad century with rick and dave so this is the week the cubs clinch a uh a second uh back-to-back uh, division title and third playoffs in a row that's that's pretty impressive it three is, years playoffs in a row it is pretty impressive and and if they go to the world series again uh that'll be amazing um they haven't gone back-to-back World Series since 1907 and 1908. <clears throat> but, you know, they did have one really good decade uh, last century during their bad century, and that was the 1930s. And uh, this week in 1938, the second-place Cubs were playing the first-place Pittsburgh Pirates at Wrigley Field. It was the bottom of the ninth. The score was tied 5-5, to and Cubs catchy catcher, catchy, catcher gabby hartnett stepped to the plate 
Now, the umpires were sure to call the game because of darkness. If the Cubs didn't mm-hmm. score in the bottom of that inning, it was, remember, there were no lights at Wrigley. Right, of course. And yeah. darkness was creeping in. And nobody knows how Hartnett even saw the ball from Pittsburgh pitcher Mace Brown. But Gabby knocked it out of the park in a moment that will always be remembered as the homer in the gloaming. What's glo- what's gloaming? Is that darkness? That's, is that that's the, like uh, dusk? Okay, dusk. okay, all right. right. And so the over- mm. the Cubs overtook the Pirates for first place. They clinched the pennant a few days later. It's probably still the second most famous home run ever hit at Wrigley Field. The Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth one being first. All right, sure. But here's a tie-in that <clears throat> excuse me that you might find interesting. You know what happened in history just two days after the Homer in the Gloman? What year was this? 1938. So it's end of the year 38. Uh, I don't know. Is, did it happen in Germany? It did. <laughs> uh, did a particular country decide to have another country? Did they? Was it like Austria? Did they walk into Austria no, or something? I don't no. know what. Uh, it was the anniversary of uh, Adolf Hitler went in and signed the pact with Neville Chamberlain in Munich, allowing Germany to keep Czechoslovakia in exchange for Germany's agreement not to invade any other countries. Yeah, how'd that work out? The Germans lived up to that agreement. <laughs> yeah, that worked out. Hey, I, liar. That's the thing that makes it. Uh, he was just a liar. Yeah. Um, if you can't trust a, a murderous dictator, who can you trust? <laughs> Right. Uh, well, obviously, that he doesn't pay his parking tickets, as we talked about exactly a few minutes ago. Uh, well, you know, as a as a White Sox fan, but I have evolved over the years. Congratulations to the Cubs, and may you win. I don't care. So here's the here's the dilemma I face, right? And I was just talking to a bunch of my friends about this yesterday, trying to figure out the best approach. All right. I've got the second pick in the draft in our playoff draft. Uh-huh. And I share my tickets with eight other guys. So there, let's say there are nine playoff games maximum yeah. if the Cubs go all the way and win it all. Actually, I think there's only eight. Okay, there's only eight. It doesn't matter. I'm the right. second pick. Okay. Right? okay. So what game do I pick? You, pick, I, you, go, you, you always go best ticket available. So go World Series. Why is that? Uh, you sound like you sound very confident saying that to me. Well, because that's the most value, obviously, right? Even if the game is not played, it still holds the the, the most value. So you could, and I and I have a friend of a friend who did this over the last years. Uh-huh. Um, you can place bets to hedge your bet against your the value of your World Series ticket. So let's say you have a pair of World Series tickets for Game Two. Well, if you have if you have do you, have, do you guys have two or four tickets? Two. All right, so you'd have the second home game or the, yeah, the second home game. So your game would definitely be played, right? Yeah, your World there Series is game. a World Series, yes. Right. So what happens is, is if they win the first of it or the first round, the NLDS, then you've got the value of the tickets, right? So if the World Series, if the Cubs win the pennant, you get the money for the World Series. If they lose the pennant and you place a bet on the opposing team, you can still win money. You can still make money. Oh, so you're talking about just in terms of just selling it. Oh, yeah. Oh, why? You were going to go to the game? Yes. Oh, all right. Well, whatever. I guess that's one approach. Um, 
I would go game. I would go game two World Series because you can always. I mean, you know, the you Cub fans are getting jaded. It's already the third year in the. In a, if you wanted to go see the NLDS game, you could go on StubHub and probably get a fairly inexpensive ticket. Yeah, you know, is what? that what? You, yeah, you're right. That, that makes uh, sense to me. You know, the pennant. I mean, you know, there'll be more interest, but I bet a lot of people are going to be keeping their money on the sidelines for the NLCS as well as the World Series. Okay, thinking, right. yeah, you so talk me into it. That's a. Uh, yeah. I, I accept your uh, I accept your logic. Uh, it's time for our final feature of the day. Oh, and here's another tip. Pulled out of a bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Okay, Dave. This is the part of the show where Dave stops talking before I hit the audio and reaches his hand into a uh, Costco jar, picks out a name of a celebrity, and then I have to tell the story of having met that celebrity. Uh, Joe Walsh. Eagles. Right? Not Joe Walsh, congressman? Yeah, I, was gonna, I couldn't think of Yeah, Not the guy who, uh, didn't he get nabbed for? Yeah, like child not, support or something. Like yeah. Child support, right, yeah. exactly. He's, I think he's still a radio personality uh, in Chicago uh, on one of the right-wing talk stations. Um, but no, the Joe, I actually never met that Joe Walsh. I did meet the Eagles' Joe Walsh. Mm-hmm. And actually, I have a bunch of stories about Joe. I'm not sure exactly where to go with this, but uh, he was. I did a. I did an entire show with him once when he was like a guest host for Stephen Gary, and he was fantastic. I mean, he was just a total natural. When you meet him, he's like the nicest guy in the world. You, it's like, hey, how you doing? Hey, you know, he sounds like a mobster or something. How he sounds you like doing? He sounds like my George Harrison. <laughs> yeah, very much <laughs> like that. But he he'll he'll uh, sit there and chat with you. You know, I, I was in the he was in the producer's booth with me, and we were, we were just talking about music. And and at that time, the Eagles were broken up. And I'd say to you know, we'd ask I asked him about the Eagles. You know, what what do you think? You ever going to get back together? And he would tell me stories about how Don Henley and Glenn Fry hated each other, and <laughs> there yeah. doesn't seem to be a chance that that would ever happen. Um, but I, I think I have previously told the story about how Joe Walsh got me uh, my only conversation ever with a Beatle. No, I don't. I don't. You may have told. I don't remember you telling. Tell the story again, sir. So Joe Walsh um, was on Stephen Gary's show one time, and he was touring with Ringo Starr's All Star Band. Okay. And Stephen Gary uh, just jokingly said to him, "Hey, uh, Joe, you mind you mind calling Ringo?" Thinking that there was no way, you know, right, he's a sure. beetle, right? All right. And right. Joe goes, "Yeah, sure." And he goes over the phone, picked, "Hey, Ring, hey, it's me, Joe. Hey, yeah, these guys want to talk to you. Yeah, okay, all right. Here's the producer, and he handed me the phone." Oh, <laughs> did you squeal like a little girl? Like. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Star? <laughs> Remember when you were in the Beatles? I loved it. Uh, so so I uh, put him on hold. I, I put uh, Ringo. I'm like, uh, yes, uh, uh, please hold, Mr. Star. We'll be right back on the air after this. Okay, sir. Sure. I'm like, oh! I went in the other room. I mean, really, I was, I was like a... I was like one of those girls screaming at one of the Beatles concerts. It was pathetic. 
Um, and then, I put Ringo on hold. And then I went into the uh, producer's booth and, and uh, picked up the phone again right before he was going to go on. And I'm like, uh, Mr. Stark, you'll be on here in just a second. Okay. <laughs> put him on hold again. And the funniest thing, though, was the he gets on the air with Stephen Gary. And... And he's listening to the show in his hotel room, and he hears that we're on delay. And he says to Steve, uh, you know, I'm offended. I can't do the voice. I can't do the Ringo voice. I'm offended. You don't have any idea how many radio interviews I have done in my life. I've probably done 10,000 radio interviews over the years. And no one has ever, ever distrusted me so much. That they had me in delay. You know, if I'm not a professional, after all the... I mean, he was just like, he went off on Steve. Yeah, yeah. And Steve's like, okay, okay, okay. No problem. I'll put you on live. And he went live. And uh, Ringo said, are we on live now? Yes. Uh, Shit! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. And you got blamed for it somehow, probably. No, I right? didn't. This is the one time I didn't get blamed for something. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's I, it. Was my Joe Walsh and my Ringo story? If you'd like to find out more, Ringo star, the Ringo Starr story is probably better than what the Joe Walsh. Story. Well, I had I have more Joe Walsh stories. I, but, I'll put them uh, back. Yeah, I'll put them back. Okay. I'll put them back. If you'd like to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check us out at EckhartsPress.com and ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. You can also email us at MinutiaMenPodcast at gmail.com or check us out on Twitter uh, at MinutiaMen. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano from Opie Productions. We've been distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. We'll be back again next week for another episode of MinutiaMen. <laughs> The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I didn't mean to say we're more popular than Jesus.